What's up, everybody? Welcome to the State of Wild, episode 39, a regular YouTube video web series podcast thingy. My name is Meowth, and as usual, I'm joined by Corbett Games. Corbett, how are you doing tonight, dude? Feels good to be right, Meowth. It feels good to have 100% accuracy as a predictor of card power level, to never have been wrong in my entire life, and to be here right now with you to uh, brag about that. I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I told everybody that you were going to do this, and you did not disappoint. I just... Goodness gracious. Yeah, we'll talk about what Corbett's talking about. I could never disappoint. I could never <laughs> disappoint. I have to give the people what they want. You know? That's true. That's true. We'll talk about what Corbett's talking about in a little bit. We've got tons to talk about today because we had a brand new expansion come out on Tuesday. Uh, you know, We're going to be talking about our impressions, cards, decks, all that kind of good stuff. But before we dive into all that, just a reminder to leave a like, comment, and subscribe. If you guys enjoy our content, it does support us a ton. All right. With all of that out of the way, let's talk about our initial impressions of the Wild metagame post-expansion. Totally... <clears throat> <clears throat> totally didn't walk into that one. Uh, so the format, I think, has definitely shifted. I, would you say that? The, the meta has definitely changed with Forged in the Barrens plus the Unnerfs, like, finally all coming in together. People get, are getting what they want, man. The, the wild metagame has changed. It has shifted. It is a new wild format. Yeah, um, it's a lot closer to what we had in, like, Skullamance, right, compared to um, what we had at, like, Darkmoon. Mm-hmm. Where in, in Skullamance, things went really kind of insane with Dark Lair, and it's been a lot more like of a heavy upheaval uh, like that right now. Yeah, it's really, really exciting. So let's talk about some of the big decks that people are going to be talking about. Uh, and we have to start off with the one that might be the best deck in the format right now, uh, Death and Taxes Paladin. Uh, so for those of you guys that don't know what Death and Taxes is, it's basically a, a term that we're coining from Magic, uh, where the idea is you just tax your opponent a ton with stuff like uh, Far Watchpost and Narabar Weblord uh, and Oh My Ogs and Never Surrenders so that your opponent just can't do anything that they want to do in the early game. And while they're struggling to play cards, you're getting in there with all these little cheap minions that are getting buffed up by stuff like Steel of Champions, Hand of a Doll, uh, Blessing of Kings, and you're just hitting your opponent in the face for a ton of damage and you're killing the game before the game can really get started. Um, so yeah, I mean, this deck has benefited from a couple of really important releases, right? So you have Far Watch Post, like we've been talking about. You have Conviction, uh, basically the one-mana Fireball, which is kind of stupid. Um, we'll talk about that one as well. Uh, Sword of the Fallen, another extremely strong card. And then there's also this card that got unnerfed called uh, Call to Arms, kind of an unknown oddity, uh, entity rather. Um, so yeah, dude, Death and Taxes Paladin, are, are we overreacting and saying that this actually currently in the first five days might be the best deck in the format no i think it's pretty accurate um the win rate is uh i, I think like people are becoming more aware of it right and they're like mm -hmm. uh the meta is very much shifted dramatically i think um at least from what i've seen where where people are very focused on death and taxes or very aware of it um i personally am seeing like a lot fewer dark layer warlocks and secret mages and things like that um, there's a much more heavier focus on it. So, yeah, it, it's been weird, to be honest. Like, I, it's been so long of playing into a lot of the same decks um, that here along, you know, comes this this building um, and the, the secrets and Paladin and everything's kind of uh, shifted. So, yeah, the deck looks really, really powerful. I think it's definitely the early front runner and the uh, deck to beat and the deck to, like, most keep in mind. Um, but we'll see how things pan out. I, it's so crazy to me, the stupid building is all it took to display Starkler and Secret Mage. Like, the stupid, stupid building that Corbett totally called coming. It's I, it's so annoying, dude. I, do you know the win rate of a coin watch post on turn one in Wild? So it's not actually it's not actually that high, the, the coin watch post play, from what I can see. Um, like, it's still, like, well over 50%, right? But that's kind of, like, what the deck win rate is. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, I can't really filter for just Paladin for here. So, yeah, not actually yeah. that exciting. Not that exciting. All right. Well, I will tell you from personal experience, Coin Tower on one is very, very, very annoying. As somebody who's playing another aggressive deck, especially, right? Uh, it's a lot harder to react and come back onto the board once they, you know, once they're taxing everything and you're just really, really slow, which is kind of what the deck is all about. Um, but let's talk about some of the other cards, right? Outside of Watch Post, uh, Conviction and Sword of the Fallen. Uh, so these are some new cards from the brand new set that are actually just kind of insane, I think, in general, but it also just kind of works really 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 well with what this deck is trying to do yeah um the sword of the fallen is um you know pretty nutty right it, like it's a it's it's way i mean i'll just call it it's like way too powerful like they'll fix it it's it'll be a nerf target i think we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit um but right now it's kind of uh 
it's really like that the sword and the stoma yog and call to arms all everything's sort of like bundled together right and it's mm -hmm. just like all synergistically popped up at the exact same time it feels like and uh it's kind of crazy the uh the web lord and the watch post working in tandem to just sort of completely be disruptive and then like oh my yog stopping the spells and a lot of decks just get completely shut out mm -hmm. um and then crab rider by itself you know like crab rider again working super well with all these paladin buffs it's just like a very it's such a weird deck the way like all the pieces sort of come together yeah. but what it's been so far has been very very impressive yeah i feel like a lot of the cards individually before this expansion were like laughing socks right like web lords were just like you know for the longest time i mean i guess like the last like five or six months maybe not so much as dark layers popped up but people kind of just like webler what the hell is this card why would i play it you know and now webler's like one of the mvps of the format right now <laughs> which is kind of insane to me um and obviously like crab Rider just kind of broken it's so insane um but yeah i mean I, what are your general feels about this deck as you know as you know existing in the format because i i know i've heard a lot of mixed feelings uh, about it from the community um i don't really like it to be honest like it's it's a bit i mean it's funny you say like it's a mixed response from the community it's mixed for just me personally mm -hmm. like as one person i have a bit of a mixed feeling about it where a rapid shakeup of the meta is refreshing and novel um and that's good but i think the play experience that it creates is pretty hostile a lot of the time um you know, interaction in Hearthstone is something that's very hard to get right. And most of the time, interaction feels kind of gross and bad. Like, a lot of the time in Hearthstone, you don't actually want interaction. Um, because it's it's more of a it's game about more... It's more of a game where you just kind of want to do your thing and you kind of want to interact a little bit with the board. But when you, there's heavy disruption via, like, Dirty Rat or now, like, with Watch Post or um, things like that, a lot of that can be a little bit unfun. And... So I don't think the deck is like the most fun thing in the format, right? Like your cards cost more and you can't play cards. Like that's not like exactly riveting gameplay all the time. But at the same time, it is causing a pretty dramatic shift and it's causing um, a lot of decks that were previously very powerful to get pushed out. And so that part's kind of uh, interesting by itself. So this might be a little bit of a hot take. Ignoring the fact that it kind of shifted the metagame, right? I think the fact that this kind of deck exists is good for the format or like in in general just because people complain about like the lack of interactivity in general and i think being able to interact with your opponents is a good thing and like taxing and disrupting your opponent's game plan is a very very powerful thing yeah it's not very fun but like it's one of the few ways that you have to interact with your opponent in hearthstone right taxing their effects stuff like lothebs and dirty rats and stuff like that and so i'm okay with this deck being a thing yeah it's not very fun to play and, like, I get that. There are a lot of decks that are not very fun to play, especially when you're on the receiving end of it. But I, I, I'm actually a big fan. It's one of the few ways that you have, especially in our format in Wild, to actually, like, interact with your opponent, like, and disrupt their game plan. Normally, it's just like, oh, I'm going to pray that I hit the Dirty Rat against the, the combo deck, or I hope I hit the Lotheb as the aggro deck, right, against the combos or the Reader Priest. And this way, like, it's just another way, and I think it's a very... I don't want to say fair, because the whole point is that it's unfair for the opponent to, to play their cards, but, I mean, it's a 2-4 body, right? Like, it technically can be interacted with, right? Because it has to be on the board. And so, I think Death and Taxes Paladin is a lot less egregious than something like Dirty Rider Lothab, and so like, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I think, like, the watch post is sort of, like, the fun thing to joke about, like, mm -hmm. in terms of, like, talking about why this deck is the thing, but it's probably, like, the third like mm -hmm. headline pretty much right it, it's the headline number one is like call to arms got buffed uh next power ne ne next like point is that the uh sword is completely busted mm -hmm. and then everything else is sort of trivial like if they got rid of watch post but didn't touch those other cards i think the deck would be completely fine yeah they just change it slightly um but the watch post being you know in this list is you know pretty pretty gold yeah i i, I really do enjoy the deck and i hope it doesn't go anywhere i mean less for the sake of the meta game yes i like that the fact that the meta has shifted but i also like the deck as a concept and i i really do hope that it sticks around i know we, we got flamed last week for talking about quest rogue and the fact that it's like not very good right and so yeah. it might be okay to leave it untouched and like if it's an unfun play experience it shouldn't be in the game right. i i i disagree with that comment and, and we talked about why last week i think death and taxes paladin is not nearly as egregious as something like snip snap warlock or dark lair or like um 
hell even big priest when it comes to like play experience in my opinion personally um i i guess comparing it to big priest might be something like that where like you just don't really get to play the game sometimes but i like if the fact that big priest and stuff like that exists like death and taxes probably kind of just fits right in in our format yeah i mean we're playing wild right mm -hmm. like if you're not doing something that feels unfun for your opponent and is sort of disgusting then you're not really playing wild in the first place yeah why are you here it, it, it fits in <laughs> fine right like every deck has those moments where you're like ugh, like that was just <laughs> that was gross and you know th that's kind of what death and taxes is so it is also you know just being aware of that i think yeah and it doesn't hurt that it's also one of my favorite magic archetypes so it's fun to actually be able oh, to really? play it in hearthstone yeah i love yeah. i love doing the taxing effects like i love playing the control that doesn't allow the opponents to do things it's kind of fun so all right, let's move on to our next deck. You want to take it away with your, uh, you termed it Miracle Mage, I think? Yeah, we'll do Miracle Mage. I think Miracle Mage is good because it's, it's sort of just, uh, you know, it, it brings both the Mizaki and Flame Waker because they're basically the same deck in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. They just sort of like have two little sub archetypes. Um, but yeah, Miracle Mages. So Miracle Mage being, you know, you play Luna, Apprentice, and, you know, you, you draw a whole bunch of spells and then you kill your opponent. Um, you cheat a ton of mana and you kill your opponent. You try to survive and freeze the board and things like that, and then you kill your opponent. So Miracle Mage is, uh, I'm sensing you know, it's been here. a lot of fun for me. Yeah, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's got a very cool play pattern. Um, but no, whether you're doing like 10 damage with Frostbolts with Mazaki, or you're doing like a billion pings in one turn with Flame Waker, um, it's been a lot of fun for me to play. You know, the deck picked up refresh, uh, refreshing mana what? Spring refreshing water. spring water oh. refreshing spring water that's, yeah. that's the one yeah um it got that which is like a gain two mana draw two cards pretty good <laughs> mm, who could have seen that being a problem <laughs> yeah pretty good card um and so yeah it's sort of just the evolution of quest mage in a lot of ways um it's sort of like the end game i think for that so far um it's an extension as well of like the previous mizaki maiden standard um, and the Flame Waker version is sort of just like a branching off that, right? Where people took the Mizaki list and standard, they applied it to Wild, and then it's like, hey, what if instead of waiting to kill people with Mizaki, we just did it with Flame Waker? And so I really like the Flame Waker variant of uh, Miracle Mage uh, a ton. So what's the the advantages of like Flame Waker for Mizaki for the people that don't know? Yeah, so so Mizaki Mage, um, you're you're not cutting, you're, so you're, so you're not running the Flame Waker package, right? Um, and so your damage that you can do is often a lot more, uh, like, let's say straightforward, right? Um, where you, you stall, you have like things like Frost Nova, which the Flame Waker build doesn't tend to play. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you have a lot more like freezing and then you pop off with Mizaki and you have like Bolt Head, Bolt Head, Lance Head, Lance Head, GG. Um, whereas the Mizaki, sorry, whereas the Flame Waker Mage, the advantage of the Flame Waker is that those pieces can be used a lot earlier against aggressive decks. Yeah. So like Flame Waker can sort of like clean up a token board and if it sticks against pirate against like pirates or odd pally, then you kind of just win. Um so you get to just like have a little bit more flexibility, I think, with your combos. It makes you worse into things like uh your glare, for example. Like glare really hates the uh the frost nova mm -hmm. that the Mazaki build has. Um and so that's some of the advantage, but Ultimately, they're, they're pretty similar in terms of, like, matchups for it. Yeah. Cool. Now that we've got all the serious talk out of the way, can I talk about how much I hate this deck? I, I was, We were talking <laughs> about Death and Taxes Power. I hate this deck. Dude, I have been complaining about Source's Apprentice for what feels like four years now, and how stupid of a card it is, and how you should not be able to play cards for zero mana. And, oh my god, dude, this is, like, everything I hated about Quest Mage, man. Yeah. It's so yeah, disgusting. Yeah, we're not playing cards for zero mana, dude. We're gaining mana yeah, for playing even cards. Better, <laughs> even better. Even <laughs> better. Dude, the fact that they printed like a two mana Emperor Thorson for your entire deck that you can run two of. And then you have Sorcerer's Apprentice to discount things even for it. It's so disgusting, dude. And I totally didn't get scammed by it a couple times right before I started streaming. That's totally not why <laughs> I, I'm complaining about mm -hmm. it now, but it's... Oh, uh, my experience is opposite. I, I, I almost hit rank one with it uh, just for a couple, like... <laughs> We, you know, the hours before we start doing yeah, this. Yeah. So I'm having a great time. I'm having a great time with this. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. Um, but no, uh, it's very solitary and toxic. Yeah. And very fun to play if you're the one doing the toxic solitaire things. I think the deck is super, super like fancy. Um, it's so fancy, the plays that you can do. And it's very, uh, I think it's very, very cool and creates a completely miserable experience for your opponent. 
which is the exact type of deck that I like. Well, so, you know, like, it's so hard to interact with this deck, right? Which is, like, why yeah. I like Death and Taxes Paladin, because it's, like, in theory, very good against this deck, because you have stuff like the Watch Post and everything. I, mm-hmm. I, I hate this deck, dude. I... <laughs> I we'll talk about some nerfs uh, later in the show, but I really hope that they touch something. Like, why do you have a two mana card that gains you two mana, draws you two cards, and can probably actually be cheaper than two mana, and so you gain like three or four mana? I just like why? Why does this card exist? And yeah, I I had one game earlier where I actually managed to cast four Encanter's Flows. And then I popped off. Uh, how the <laughs> hell did you even do that? Uh, I drew both of them, and then like I got two of them off random RNG cards, <sighs> off like Drake yeah. and Blue. Yeah. So okay. yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Can I can I post something to you? Now sure. that Sources Apprentice is finally wild specific, do you yep. think they will kill the girl? Do you think they'll finally nerf Sources Apprentice? Ever? Um, I think now that Sources Apprentice is finally wild. I think there was now nearly zero shot that they ever nerfed it. I think it was much more likely to be a nerf candidate in standard. And now that it's here in wild, pfft, very unlikely, incredibly unlikely that they ever nerf it. I, I want to start a petition to kill a girl, but that sounds really, really long, really, really wrong. But I, yeah. All right. Before mm-hmm. I complain too much about this and people call me a one, let's move on to our next deck. Let's talk about some Murloc Shaman. So Murloc Shaman is a deck that I think both you and I were super high on. Um, coming into the expansion because I think mm. we're getting 9 to 11 new Murlocs in the deck. Um, we got new buffs, new comeback mechanisms, just an insanely powerful legendary. Uh, and I think it's lived up to the hype. I think Murloc Shaman is a very good deck. Um, I Like on Tuesday when the expansion came out, I played a bunch of Murloc Shaman. It felt really, really strong. I haven't really touched it much since because I've been messing around with some other stuff. But my initial impression was that it felt like it could compete for Tier 1. Right, it could be in that death and taxes, dark layer, secret mage kind of bracket of decks. Um, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I, I think Murloc Shaman is a very, 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 very good deck. Yeah, I, I can see it in that kind of range. Uh, maybe a touch below, we'll see. But like, definitely in that high tier uh, kind of area, right? Um, the win rate so far looks really, really good from what we've seen early. Um, the list looks fine. Like there aren't any you know, lagging pieces behind or anything. Like, there's nothing that looks like it needs to be cut and changed immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Theory Crafted looks, list look good. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Merlocksham looks fine. Like, <laughs> like it's a strong deck. It, uh, it got a whole bunch of new cards. They held up. Pretty easy to build. And it'll... I'm actually a little bit surprised that I haven't seen more of it. That's the one comment I will make, is that Merlock Shaman is doing well right now. It's doing pretty mm-hmm. damn well. And I'm really not seeing it like much at all i thought it was going to be kind of everywhere because it did have like back when merlock shaman was a thing previously it was actually pretty popular in certain like pockets and things like that you know certain time mm-hmm. periods it, it was actually a thing but yeah it, i haven't seen too much of it so far been a surprise well i mean i guess how is the matchup into something like death and taxes paladin for a merlock shaman because that might be one of the big factors in that I think Murloc Shaman is one of the actual best decks into death and taxes okay. paladin well, i think so uh it makes even I, less sense I, that we're not seeing it yeah, I, I think, like, Murloc Shaman is one of the decks that can kind of actually get under the Paladin, which uh, is certainly one way to go about it. And if it ever hits the... Uh, if the 1-3 the ever sticks, like, the Give Your Minions Rush, like, if you play that on 2, and the Paladin, like, doesn't have a response for it, um, it's it's very easy to sort of swing and keep going wide and get really strong board control. Yeah, um, you're not really running a ton of spells either. You're only running everything and the, the new nothing. And so, you know, if you can get under it before the pally really gets to do stuff, I think you do fine. Like, it's probably not a strong, like, a way-favored matchup or anything, Mm -hmm. but I think it actually does pretty okay in that matchup, yeah. All right, so moral of this story, you guys should be playing more Murloc Shaman. It's a very, very good deck, and if you're seeing a ton of Death Attacks' Paladin and you hate it, counter it with Murloc Shaman. It's a good deck. All right, let's talk about Pirate Warrior. This is, like, the 15th different version of Pirate Warrior we've had because cards keep getting nerfed and cards keep getting printed. Uh, Pirate Warrior, I mean, I think there's a couple of really big additions to talk about. The new 1-mana 2-1 Pirate from the core set is very, very powerful. Uh, Blood Cell Deccan, I believe is her name. Um, and then you have Fog Cell Freebitter, 2-mana 2-2, deal 2 if you have a weapon. And then, of course, we have the brand new weapon, the Outrider's Axe, the 4-mana 3-3. Whenever you kill a minion with it, draw a card. I mean, I, I can't even forget. There's a new Legendary, by the way. That happens to not be a Pirate, so I think that's why... I know I definitely looked over it because it wasn't a pirate, but Rakara, 
That card is busted. That card is so good. <laughs> Just like Murloc Shaman, Pirate Warrior getting, what, seven new cards now with the new expansion? Uh, some of it is replacing stuff like Nitro Boost and Cutting Class, but, like, Pirate Warrior chugging along. Pirate Warrior was, like, a Tier 1 deck, um, you know, at the end of the last expansion, and it's, you know, chugging along. Dude, it's still a very, 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 very good deck. I think it's, again... Another one of those decks, like Murloc Shaman, like this new Paladin deck, and like Odd Paladin that would be joining, I would say, like Dark Lair and Secret Mages, like that, those top tier decks. Yeah, I think Pirate War is one of the best decks right now. Um, the Rakara, I really didn't see coming. That's yeah. actually been a very fun uh, switch up. Where, you know, we're still getting like data and things like that, but just like, in terms of feeling, in terms of like what it's felt like playing it and playing against it, it seemed very, very good. Yeah. Uh, I've been pretty impressed with Rakara um the the build even though we are running all these weapons and things like that i think it's okay like i think i think the simple you know always just run the good card seems to be working out fine and so pirate warrior i i think it does okay to pally it's aggressive so it does okay into mages um you have a bit more longevity now with the with the axe so maybe you, you do okay again into priest a little bit better maybe into things like reno priest it's just like very well rounded uh i think pirate mm -hmm. Warrior is like strong yeah, I, I've had a lot of success with Pirate Warrior against the Death and Taxes Paladin because of the weapons, right? The weapons don't get taxed mm -hmm. by the Weblords, and so you can help <laughs> clean up the board and set up for, like, a cannon Pirate's turn that just counters the call to arms really, really well, right? Because there's a lot of two and four health minions off of the call. I, I think Pirate Warrior, I think... Before, before we were talking about this, I think Pirate Warrior, I was hesitating to put it as, like, the best deck just because it felt so goddamn strong when i was playing it into the metagame that i was facing it, it felt so good yeah it's the deck that i've had the highest win rate with so far like among like the decks that i played a decent amount um yeah I, I had a really really good run with pirate warrior so i've been impressed yeah pirate warrior looking good so i mean we're talking about all these top tier decks and it looks like the meta has shaken up we've got dark glare secret mage but we now have death and taxes paladin you have i get I guess you still have Odd Paladin up there, and now you have Murloc Shaman and Pirate Warrior. I mean, tier like I don't want to say tier one because I don't know what these tiers are, but that like upper echelon of decks seem very similar in power level, and they all seem really damn strong. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of options right now. Mm -hmm. um, previously, the, the there was like a lot of options that players had with the Rogue decks as well. Um, towards the end, I think, particularly at higher ranks, it did start to get a little bit like play glare or you're not playing the win mm -hmm. like uh, for, for a bit there it felt like you just should be playing dark glare warlock um at the at the very highest levels and things like that and you know that doesn't necessarily that isn't necessarily how it feels right now i think uh, there are a lot of options and um i think another option that seems to be doing pretty well that you you haven't mentioned it is hand buff paladin mm -hmm. uh hand buff paladin is actually you know doing pretty good so uh, hand buff paladin getting a couple new cards with samuro uh, some chain gangs potentially being unnerfed. We've got uh, potentially the Runthak, I think, is the five mana legendary with Rush. Um, what are some of the the, the Knight of Anointment? Knight yeah, of Anointment getting conviction. Uh, yeah. yeah, getting conviction. Hand of a Dial. Uh, this gives like the deck a lot more burst, man. Crab Riders that are buffed up and then get hit by conviction. It's so much damage like coming in from that deck. It's actually nutty. Are you saying that Crab Rider and Conviction might be good cards? Yeah, I, I don't think anyone else has noticed this in any other archetype. Um, but yeah, a potentially powerful combo conviction with Crab Riders, yes. Yeah. I mean, Hand Buff, I think it's another, this is one of those decks that is just like, it, it has Odd Rogue Syndrome, or like Odd Paladin Syndrome, where it's just like, it, nobody plays it for how good it is. It is, every time I see it in High Legend, or every time I play against it, or I play it myself, the deck just seems kind of nuts it seems so good the ability to snowball as well as the ability to come behind, like come from behind with like the ability to snowball with buffs and wind fury and charge and then you have the comeback mechanisms of stuff like samuro and broomstick and crab rider it's kind of disgusting like the deck feels really really good yeah pally um pally as a class is this like definitely the leader right now i think um where i think paladin probably has like what like four or five decks that i could name off that are like really really good whether it's uh you know death attacks hand buff odd I, I like I even think things like even paladin no one's playing even paladin and I I think even paladin is probably quite strong right now and no one is even giving it a shot because like why would you it's like the fifth pally deck on the list. <laughs> well and like Libra paladin just straight up yeah, like Libra, secrets I, yeah 
yeah, I, I had a good time with Libram as well. Like, I, I had a good winner with that. Like, that's another one that just seems fine. Like, a really good deck. Yeah, uh. Call to Arms. Call to Arms <laughs> yeah. saving the Paladin class. I'm a big fan. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's talk about classes that are, uh, or at least decks that are kind of not so hot. Um, before the expansion, a lot of people were talking about Celestial Alignment Druid with the Giants. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't really know where to go with this because it's not very good. It's kind of a joke of a deck on uh, the Celestial yeah, Alignment a, Giants. A giant, a giant disappointment uh, so far, the Alignment deck. Clapping that one up for that pun. Uh, I mean, but they're, wow. we're talking about the Giants themselves being pretty meh in this deck, but I know you were talking a little bit about uh, some potential, <laughs> you're still laughing at your own joke? Oh my goodness. A little bit. All right. We were talking about Celestial Alignment being kind of a joke when it comes in combination of Giants, but you had uh, some ideas, I think. I'm not sure who popularized this deck, but it was popping up a little bit on HS Replay, but kind of a Mali combo druid that utilizes Celestial Alignment. Yeah, it looks like there's a, a different take on Maligos druid that's popping up. The sample is really, really small, but it, it uses like alignment and then ramp spells with both the Maligoses. Mal Maligase? <laughs> with the, with the Maligase. Um, and basically the idea is that you play alignment and then you, you ramp up with something like Nourish, or you know, buy a product or some things like that, um, and you play the the new Maligos to draw all your more ramp, and then you just keep ramping. You play Mali, you refresh all your mana with something like Kuhn or uh, Omu, um, and then you kill them with you know Maligos cards um, with <laughs> with spell damage. So it's kind of like different builds, I think. Like that could be maybe a fun way to go about a new take on Maligos, which like Maligos Druid has looked the exact same now, basically the exact like thirty cards for a really long time. Um, and so it'd be fun if we got a, an alignment version of that. That could be kind of cool. Uh, yeah, a little bit similar to what they're doing in Standard, but, you know, we have both Maligos, so we can do fun things like that. Yeah, I also think that there's potential... I know Standard is doing a lot of dumb stuff with Guardian Animals and Celestial Alignment. Um, I I haven't tested it myself, and I don't know if anybody's done it in our, in our format, but it also seems like something might be there, where you play alignment, you lock your opponent out, then you survival of the fittest plus Guardian Animals and just kind of do dumb things. <laughs> Uh, with dumb amounts of stats that they can't answer. Um, and it's better than Giants because your minions have Rush and you can do dumb things with that, right? You can actually cover the board. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think there's potential when it comes to Celestial Alignment. It's just Giants are not the way to go. Giants are... That deck looks like a joke um, when it comes yeah. to... Yeah, it's trash. Yeah, complete trash. Yeah. Speaking of a deck that's totally not trash, let's talk about the Hero Power stuff for Mage. Um, specifically, yeah. Even Mage. Uh, so Even Mage getting a couple of new cards, right? You get... Wildfire, you have the Reckless Apprentice, and then you have like Mordresh. Those are kind of the highlights, uh, alongside Varden just being a pretty damn strong card. Um, even Pal or even Mage actually looks like it has some potential in the format. It it actually doesn't look like a meme. Yeah, it's uh, it looks like it's kind of on the borderline, right? Where it's like, it's not meme tier, like it's not an embarrassment. It's not like that competitive, but it's on the fringes, right? Like you can have some fun, you can win some games, you can do okay with even mage, which is weird. Like <laughs> <laughs> that is a weird thing to be thinking about. Um, I, I don't even know all the names of the cards, to be honest. Like you were just reeling them off. I'm like, yeah, totally. I know what that means, that base <laughs> card, sure. Um, but if I describe it as like the four mana one that goes pew, 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 I know what that means in my head. Um, but yeah, even made so far, it, it actually has held up well when I've played it. Um, it does pretty good into, like, if, if it gets the wildfire really early, mm -hmm. it can actually hold off most aggro decks pretty decently well. Yeah. Um, it does struggle a little bit, I think, in applying enough pressure. And I think that the lack of life gain is also a bit of a small issue, right? Where, like, it can control board really well, but because it takes some hits in the early game, um, it can't recover as much. But at the same time, even Mage is still doing, like, decently. Like, it's not like the deck has to be high tier to be worthy of mentioning. And uh, I think it's been fun. You know, on the border of meme and competitive is, like, where Handbuff Paladin saw itself a couple of expansions ago, right? Once a fun time, you know? It's, yeah. it's where the Mizaki Mage found itself a couple of uh, expansions ago. So, yeah, I mean, especially if they are going to print more synergy, I'm really, like, I've been playing a ton of this deck, a ton of even Mage and a ton of this is going to sound like a mouthful, but just trust me, this deck works. Luna's Pocket Galaxy, Reno Hero Power Mage. 
Um, I had some games where I like brand Mordreshed with some Potion of Illusions, and it was absolutely disgusting. But I, I agree with you. It does feel like it has trouble closing out games with the deck. Um, I I've been messing around with like Ragnaros and Kodo Riders, and don't ask. I've been I've been scouring the collection for some hidden gems. There's like the tournament medic, by the way, the four mana one eight. Whenever you inspire, like heal two. There's your life gain right there. Easy. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I agree with you. I, the deck's been a ton of fun to play. It's actually pretty competitive. And I think it has a ton of potential moving forward if they're going to continue to support it. Yeah, um, I haven't seen any mention elsewhere of uh, Luna's Pocket Galaxy Hero Power Reno Mage, but I'm assuming that's just because it won't fit in the 140 characters on Twitter, um, if I had to guess. That's exactly why. But keep an eye out. Yeah. Totally going to sell out here. Totally YouTube video coming soon about that deck. It's sick. Oh. Yeah. Um, speaking of sick, uh, Pillager Rogue, or I guess just all kinds of rogues that like to draw cards. I mean, we can lump Pillager Rogue with Miracle Rogue here, uh, because Field Contact and Octobot are, you know, also just as good as advertised. These cards are just kind of insane, insane. Three mana Gadgets and Auctioneer, two mana Emperor Thorson seems pretty good, uh, in a class that likes to have a lot of cards in hand. Um, I, I know you've been playing a lot of the Miracle Rogue, I've been playing a lot of the Pillager Rogue, um... The Pillager Rogue loves the Octobot. It just... Yeah. It, it helps you recover tempo against Agridex as well as just combo off super quick. Um, and then field contact with stuff like Miscreants and Foxies and Lackeys. It's just like... Oh, I had a game where a Secret Mage had the opportunity to trade into my 3-2 on turn 4. They didn't trade into my 3-2 and then I drew like 7 cards the next turn on turn 5. Oh no. As a Pillager Rogue and won that game. It was, it was yeah. kind of disgusting. Yeah, I was having a really good time with Miracle Rogue, um, and then I saw my first uh, Nerubar Weblord, um, <laughs> and I, I kind of instant deleted. And I was like, "Well, that was a good run. We had a, we had twenty four hours of that. That was fun." Um, but yeah, yeah, I guess Weblords, uh, Weblords and Towers really do screw up the the Rogue decks a lot. Ugh. Yeah, they're they're very brutal uh, hard counters. Um, when your entire deck revolves around how many battle cry cards you can play, a um, little tough. But yeah, Miracle Rogue, um, those kind of decks, they're very fun. The Octobot obviously has massive potential. Like, even if it's not right now, that's the kind of card that can break things eventually, um, 100%. So yeah, definitely definitely some cool tools. Um, but the, the Paladin stuff really holds back Rogue um, a, a ton, I think. Yeah, I think if you're at a point where you're like, you're just trying to have fun, I think the Rogue decks are pretty damn good to do that. Yeah. I think they're a lot of fun to play. Um, but... Man, if Death and Taxes Paladin happens to be as popular as it is, then or remains to be as popular as it is, rather, it, it's going to be rough. I think to play a lot of kinds of Rogue. Um, I think a deck that we haven't talked about, you know, because, you know, as is tradition, is like Odd Rogue. Um, I feel like, so Odd Rogue we kind of just dismiss because I say we, I, I mean that as like a collect, collective of the wild community. Um, like after Night Tribute's Poison got nerfed, we kind of just read, wrote off Kingsbane and Odd. I mean, Odd Rogue is still a very, very good deck. Um, and I think it got some potential toys uh, to mess around with uh, in this expansion, and I, I haven't seen a single otter, but I'm interested to see how it kind of fares against stuff like the Death and Taxes Paladin. Yeah, I've seen like one Kingsbane or a couple Kingsbane, zero odd. Um, I, I think that like the three mana four three pirate give you weapon plus one attack. That kind of slipped past me in the uh, card dump. Mm-hmm. I think that card could see playing odd rogue. Um, but yeah, Odd Rogue isn't like it's not doing that well right now at all. But it's probably going to be the best option for the class moving forward. Yeah. Like with the with the Nitro nerf, Rogue is in a little bit of a tough position. Yeah. Um, not just because of the power level, but just like those main archetypes didn't get a ton of support, and now the stuff got way better. And, and it's the type of stuff that beats up Rogue, right? Like Cold Worms, for example. Mm-hmm. Like Paladin decks in general just kind of farm Rogue. So Paladin's the big winner of the set. Kind of like gives a, a good hint of how Rogue's feeling. All right, let's move on to talking about the biggest loser of the expansion. Uh, you know, there was this deck that we were really excited to try, I think myself in particular, uh, that utilized like Undertaker and some Leper Gnomes and some Mind Blasts and some Shadow yeah. Three Fours, whatever they're called. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I played some Agar Priest and I, I cried myself to like a one in six record and I deleted the deck. We were so hyped about this deck. Yeah, and it's well. The reason the reason I was so hyped about it, I'm like dark leg counter, dark leg counter, and we're like three days in. I'm like, 
where's the glare? <laughs> like, <laughs> like where to go? Um, there's not really much glare around right now, yeah. uh, at least what I'm playing. And so, yeah, the, the big hope for this deck was that it could feel this very specific, like hard counter niche sort of role. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that other, if that counter isn't existing that much, like if it's not a big, big part of the meta, yeah. Then, yeah, it's not that relevant. So yeah, poor Agro Priest, let it, you know, sit back. We can remember the theory crafts, remember the good times and not think about the times we actually played a two mana, like two one uh, in wild. <laughs> think about the hopes and dreams. Uh, all right. And then the last deck that we want to touch on today uh, is Cube or Control Warlock. Um, I know you hit rank 10 legend last month. Like, as you're finished, mm-hmm. we have a Control Warlock, uh, basically cube lock that was cutting cubes for Watchpost, because Watchpost was the new hot. Uh, and do you want to talk about Warlock and why it might be good? Yeah, I mean, the thinking of Warlock was that, um, like, a lot of people were playing Paladin. There was so much Paladin that last day um, of the season, basically, because, you know, people were trickling through. Everyone was like, oh, this is a new broken thing. And my thinking was, oh, Void Caller and Skull, they don't care how much matter my cards cost i will just play them and i will get my big demons out and so it felt like it was a solid power encounter i think in hindsight perhaps i just high rolled um <laughs> like thinking about it uh to get my rank my my beautiful top 10 finish the uh you know so beautiful for wild but um yeah like warlock didn't really get a ton but it's so hard figuring out some of these matchups right when you're mm-hmm. like one person and you're just playing like a handful of games against this one deck. You're just kind of getting a feel for stuff. So obviously the games where I get Skull and Void Caller, they feel fine. They feel good. But um, I think on average, it probably isn't the like the death and taxes counter that I might have been hoping it to be. Or at least uh, that was like my initial impression. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. Whenever you draw Void Caller and Skull, your deck is going to feel a lot better. Um, I played a couple games of your deck and I did not draw the Void Caller and Skull. And then uh, it was a I'm big talented. misplay. And then when my Dark Skies gets on my Yogg, I like bottom right immediately because mm. I, I just kind of lose the game. Uh, I mean, it, it feels like Q-Block is a very good deck. I think Q-Block with birds and all that stuff, I think it's a good deck. It's going to be good against stuff like Reiner Priest and Big Priest. I don't think that it, like you said, I don't think it's the thing that's going to hold down Death Attacks as Paladin. I think that that role might be Pirate Warrior or Murloc Shaman. And then we farm those decks because we have Defiled Dark Skies and Void Color and Skull, right? And I think that might be the role Key Block plays rather than, or Control Warlock, I guess. I keep gravitating towards cubes because that's tradition, but you kind of made a really important point that like people might just be too scared to cut cubes because it might not be good enough or too slow in our format. Um, but that whole archetype, I think, is going to feast on the stuff that's potentially feasting on the death and taxes, but not feast on the death and taxes itself. Yeah, I mean, my whole thinking on the cubes was that, like, one, they're battle cries, right? Like, so, oh, yeah. you know, uh, like, one, they're a battle cry. Seven mana for that is pretty horrific. Um, or, or even if you get to, like, watch post, it's just so expensive. It's six mana. Yeah. Um, you often can't pop it necessarily without, like, Plague of Flames unless, like, you run Broomstick. But, hey, Broomstick is also a battle cry. And so it's like, like, why am I running this? I'd rather just, like, cut the grade as much as possible, lower the curve where I can, like uh, getting watch posts and things like that uh, and so like what are cubes really doing like if you get the big demon down you're probably doing fighting against paladin it's not like that it's not like paladin's one of the aggro decks that can you know easily punch through that first demon like yeah. it's often very tough for them to sort of deal with that compared to a lot of like other aggro decks so yeah cubes seemed a little excessive to me and things like that but i don't think control warlock will be any better like control cube whatever you want to call it will be any better than it really was previously. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just don't think it really got enough from the from the set. So I continue to think it'll just be like, it'll be fine. Like, it'll be a competitive Legend Viable deck, but I, I doubt it'll be anything too special. Yeah. All right, so that's kind of our initial impressions, talking about decks and, and some powerful cards, you know, a week into the, the expansion. We're going to check back in next week and see, you know, what counter to the Death and Taxes Paladin has been brewed up and surprised the metagame. Uh, you know, next week, because people are smart and they're going to find out counters, right? Totally. That's what it is. Uh, but check back in next week. We'll let you guys know how the meta is looking after, you know, another week of just refinement. Uh, and now, to kind of wrap up the show, there's a couple things we want to do. Prior to the expansion coming out, Corbett and I, uh, you know, put our big brains to the test and, you know, 
guessed our top five most powerful cards that were going to come out of this set. And so we just want to check in on our predictions really quick. We're going to do this, you know, this week, next week, and maybe the week after, just to see how smart we are. Um, and let's talk about it. So I had Injured Marauder, Firemancer, Flurgle, Knight of Anointment, Outrider's Axe, and Sword of the Fallen. I am feeling pretty damn good about my top five. Uh, and then you had Sword of the Fallen, Conviction, South Coast Chieftain, Flurgle, and Injured Marauder. I think you're also feeling pretty good about your five. Yeah? Yeah. So yeah, moral, moral of this story, we're smart. Ignore the you know the other parts where we were completely wrong, like Agriprice, you know, <clears throat> um, and myself with the watch post. But can we talk about, by the way, how you did not have the guts to put this in your top five most powerful cards? Yet you are the biggest stand of watch post that I've ever seen. <laughs> I I couldn't do it, Meowth. I I, I I knew what was going to happen if, if it turned <laughs> out the watch post was bad, and you're like you had a fucking building as your uh, your top five most powerful cards. I couldn't do it. Like, I saw the potential. Um, I really did. Damn. I, I really feel bad in hindsight that I didn't do it because you know how much I wanted to. Like, I really wanted it to be on my top five. And to be honest, though, I don't even know if it actually is in the top five for Wild. Mm-hmm. I actually think, like, things like Sword of the Fallen and Conviction and Flurgle are probably objectively, like, better cards than what yeah. post right now. Like, Sword of the Fallen and Conviction, like, these cards are busted. Like, Sword of the Fall in particular, nutty. Flurgle is, like, one of the top two performing cards in Murloc Shaman, like, right there with Underbelly. Chieftain is also, like, right there in that conversation. And Injured Marauder, you'll never get, like, an accurate picture of Marauder because it's a recruit card, right? Like, there's no draw and win rate stats because it's all, like, messed up because you yeah. don't want to draw it. Um, but it's still, like, really busted, right? Like, Injured Marauder comes down, you're like, holy crap, that's a 5-10. Um, so I think, like, Watch Post in hindsight, I'm actually happy that I didn't have it in my top 5 because I think that it's actually a more accurate picture for Wild. But it doesn't stop me from saying, hey, I knew, I knew, I knew. Like, I knew about Watch Post. I, I was 100% dead on accurate. <laughs> uh, never wrong in my life. Never wrong. You know, I, Except I, last I, time I gave Zilliax, Zilliax two stars. Um, ooh, <laughs> I did not know about that one. You should not have brought that up because now I'm going to bully you about that. Oh, God. Imagine thinking Zilliax. Oh, uh, it, was on a, it was on a seven star scale as well. So it wasn't even like two out of five. It was two out of seven. This is the guy that I co host this podcast with, Gays. Oh, God. Oh, oh. Yeah. all right uh let's wrap up the show let's talk about <laughs> there are a lot of talks in standard right yeah. now about some busted cards some busted decks some broken synergies um and so ixar has all but confirmed so they are meeting at the beginning of this next week to talk about nerfs um and there he said that there will be nerfs and so there is stuff to look forward to i guess just a couple weeks <laughs> into, i guess one week into the expansion Hard. um you're good Let's talk about what those potential nerfs might be. As the guy who plays the most standard out of the two of us, do you want to talk about you know, what Team 5 might be looking at um, when it comes to standard nerfs and how it might impact our format? Yeah, so right now it's standard. Um, the format is in a super, super weird spot where Paladin is basically, like, like Libra and Paladin, is basically the strongest deck that's existed since day one Demon Hunter. Um, but at the same time, no one is playing it. Or like it's being played but not nearly as much as it should because mm-hmm. people hate playing paladin decks it, whatever um meanwhile uh spell mage is the absolute hotness like everybody's playing spell mage Cheating and mana is good. oh no yeah everybody's playing deck of lunacy um and so right now uh deck of lunacy is a, a very clear nerf target it's basically confirmed i think that they're going to be uh, hitting deck of lunacy um, it's the type of card where, you know, you're fine if it's a fun off-meta thing, but the moment it becomes, like, a very competitive... Like, it's fine as a Timmy card, and you don't want it to be a Spy card, mm-hmm. if you know, like, the magic terminology. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Deck of Lunacy will be hit. Way too good. Probably go to three. They might even put it up to, like, four, just to really <laughs> make sure. Um, sort of the Fallen, I think it's likely that they send it to two durability. The watch posts are also likely to get hit, I would say. And then other candidates they might look at are things like Penflinger and potentially Jandus. So those are the main cards. Uh, so all the watch posts, maybe not the full mana one, but um, and then like Penflinger, Sword of the Fallen, Deck of Lunacy, and potentially Jandus. So yeah, so those are the nerfs. I, I'm a little bit disappointed to not see a couple of other cards on here. Uh, Broomstick and uh, maybe that refreshing spring water, but... Uh... But yeah, I mean, standard. I think it's in a very weird spot. But like, I was, I'm watching, I, I watch my Twitter feed, and like every morning when I wake up, it's just people posting like the stupidest screenshots where somebody had to turn two in a grand slam, 
I don't know how they had to turn two to Grand Slam with a survival of the fittest. Oh. But they had two mana. It might have been like post celestial alignment or something, but it Oh yeah, that makes sense. But I don't know what happened, but it it was the weirdest thing to look, wake up to where there's a you know, four eleven fifteens coming down. It was it was dumb. Um and then of course like we, we gotta talk about broomstick. I'm gonna talk about broomstick every time they talk about nerves because I want that stupid mm-hmm. stick broken in half. I hate the card. Um but it doesn't look like I think you were talking about it's not even being played in standard right now. No, um, there's such little minion combat right now in standard. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, like the three mana watch post, um, <laughs> it just doesn't let you play minions, right? So like a lot of decks like uh, Zoo, for example, uh, they're just like completely pushed out. Any sort of like Rush Warrior and things like that, completely pushed out. Outrider's Axe is not doing anything in standard at all because nobody plays stuff. <laughs> um it's so weird right with the spell mage and it's just a very weird spot and so broomstick isn't doing anything it's also the the extra funny part about this is that like the whole expansion theme is about frenzy and about minion combat and surviving like (laughs) the one turn making trades and then the entire format has devolved into uh who plays deck of lunacy on two into like massive spell cheating and things like that very very weird stuff going on classic peak hearthstone is what you're telling me it's going on over there absolutely yeah <laughs> the, the interesting thing about deck of lunacy is that the card's always actually been broken in this yeah. archetype um there's been like i just figured i'd address it because like uh, i saw some mention that like oh it, with rotation deck of lunacy is nuts it's like no deck of lunacy has actually always been broken in this deck like it's always had a very very insane mulligan win rate for the deck it's just like the deck sucked and now it doesn't suck because of things like refreshing mana and um you know other decks that beat it getting pushed out because like things like zoo or you know like very aggressive minion based stuff just isn't seeing play right now and so you know the deck got better other stuff got worse with the rotation deck of lunacy as a card itself didn't really change it's always been a potential nerf target if this deck ever actually became good rest in peace raffles rng mage getting hit oh no oh no no, really yeah did you see raffle uh had the six months ago he had the death and taxes i did see that raffle is a he has the biggest brain out of everybody in the wild format confirm that's true he can see the future (laughs) ruffle also i feel like is very much a death and taxes kind of person in magic too so i think he he, he's totally okay with death and taxes paladin being a thing (laughs) i I, i'm talking for him like he's you know i I know exactly everything about him but but yeah i mean i again i i'm kind of disappointed to see nerfs coming so soon but i'm also kind of glad to see nerfs coming so soon so that you know we actually have a picture of what the wild metagame is going to be kind of moving forward so that we can kind of adapt from there. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's wrap it up the show with one last question for you, Corbett. What is your, you know, how are you feeling one week into Forge of the Barons? Are you enjoying the format? Um, Yeah, I'd say yes. Uh, like, it feels very different Yeah, is the thing. For sure. Um, and so the novelty is sort of just still there. I, I, I am a little bit sad that I, I feel like I can't play some of the decks that I would like to just because of the type of decks that push it out like things like i'd really like to play miracle rogue more that was really fun for me day one and now i'm kind of like oh, i can't i feel like i can't really play that but at the same time it's wild there's always going to be something that feels like i can't play you know because there's always going to be like broken stuff whether it's secret made stopping me from playing miracle druid or something like that right there's always something so overall though i would say i am enjoying it the deck the format feels very weird and novel um, I get to play Miracle Mage and make Meowth tilt out of his mind, so that's fun. And so overall, big, big plus uh, so far. And I'm also looking forward to what happens when they do make nerfs, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it is kind of cool having this Paladin deck with Sword of the Fallen, but I will be curious to see what happens if they uh, do touch the post and Penflinger uh, as well, right? Like, maybe they touch Penflinger and we can see what that does. Um, but yeah, so far it's been cool. I've enjoyed it. If if they nerf Penflinger to only hit minions, how how drastically does that hurt Dark Lair? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean we're not playing it in Dark Lair, right? We're not playing it in Priest. Um, uh, it's hard to say exactly. Like I think Dark Lair could probably handle it decently well. Like I think I think mm-hmm. Penflinger is actually not that big of a deal in Dark Lair okay. if it got hit. I, I think it's, it can actually handle it pretty well. Um, one of the out of all the cards in Dark Lair to get nerfed. I think Pen, Penflinger is actually one of the weaker candidates. Like, I, I think that could that could brush it off pretty easily. All right. Okay. Sorry, I just had a thought about that. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, no, you're fine. just building off of that, like off of what you've said, I I have actually very much enjoyed playing Hearthstone because of that same like novelty factor, right? On nerfs with a new expansion that's kind of like flipped on its head, where like Dark Lord is no longer the deck to beat right now. It's kind of insane, and I've been enjoying. I've been playing a lot of off-meta jank. I, I don't really want to call it off-meta, but I've been playing stuff like Odd Demon Hunter with like a Death Rattle focus, and I've been playing some Even Hunter, and I've been playing Even Mage. Um, I, I've been playing a lot of these more off-meta stuff, right? And I've been having a ton of success, and it, it's like... Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know if that's just a side effect of like people experimenting with stuff, but I've been beating a lot of the, the meta stuff. I think there's just been a breath of fresh air that's been breathed into the format, where it's just like... A lot of archetypes just feel better to play, um, and that like like I talked about last week, there's more stuff to play, right? There's a lot more viable decks I feel like now with the new expansion and the unnerfs, which is great, and more decks to play the better for whatever kind of player that you are. So I I've really enjoyed the expansion. I'm having a ton of fun. Normally I burn myself out like the first week of an expansion because I stream <laughs> for like six to eight hours for like four or five straight days and i've done that this expansion yeah. and i feel great and i'm looking forward to playing more hearthstone tomorrow so it's i'm excited yeah I, i've also been doing like a lot more streaming uh like much longer streams recently so it's been fun yeah i've enjoyed it and we'll probably just keep doing that as well yeah. so great segue if you guys want to check out some of our content live Quebec, <laughs> where will they find you uh, you can find me at Corbett Games on uh, Twitch and Twitter and YouTube content, things like that. Um, so yeah, all that kind of stuff is there uh, at Corbett Games. So thank you guys very much for listening or watching. Yeah, guys, make sure you check out his YouTube content. Totally not biased here, but his content is pretty great. But yeah, I appreciate all of you guys for tuning into the podcast. Uh, just a reminder, if you guys want to listen on the go, uh, make sure you guys check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all your podcast distributors. Uh, thank you so much for watching. Uh, we will see you guys next week, you know, when we talk about how the meta has completely changed. All right. And we hope you guys enjoy the expansion. Take care.